I am John. And I'm Dorila. And welcome to the Unveiled Marriage Podcast. The show where we reveal marriage God's way by unveiling the struggles we faced in our own marriage and how God's truth changed it. Now we want to share what we've learned to help you unveil things in your marriage and how to implement God's truth for lasting change. Welcome to the Unveiled Marriage Podcast. We both really appreciate you joining us today and listening in. And for today's episode, we're going to be sharing our testimony. And with that being said, babe, are you ready? Yes. Okay. So we're going to start sharing a little bit about the families we came from, and then we'll jump to how we met. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I come from a family where my dad was a quiet man, and my mom has a stronger type of personality. So I saw and heard certain things growing up where something developed in me where it was almost like this vow that you know no woman was going to disrespect me or you know, no woman's ever going to talk to me like that. And I can tell you that doesn't really work well <laughs> in marriage, as we'll share a little bit more about that as we get into our, our testimony. Babe, what about you? Well, I, I grew up a little different. My parents came from Peru. I, I have five brothers and I was the only girl. And in my home, my, my dad drank a lot and was very abusive. I ended up experiencing a lot of traumatic things, which affected me deeply. You know, I grew up believing what I said didn't matter because I was a girl. And as you can see, it was very easy to fall underneath John to be controlled and dominated. Oh, yeah. That that was like a perfect match for uh, complete unhealthiness. Yes. Is that a good way to put it? <laughs> yeah. And it was true. So, so as far as how we met, we... <laughs> We actually met at a nightclub, you know, back in the day, as we used to say. And uh, I remember when I first saw her, I was like, look at that Filipino girl. And, you know, she's not Philippine. She just shared, you know, she's Peruvian. So I remember her walking past me uh, in this in this club. And I went over to her and introduced myself, spoke to her. And ultimately, I gave her my number. I said, I said, give me a call. It'd be great to get together. And I was like, the... No, I have four four older brothers. I don't think so. <laughs> I think that's when I said four older. I get along with everybody. Yeah, I, I get along with everybody. <laughs> so uh, she actually called me the next day, and I, I'm like, <laughs> I love when my kids tell that story or they hear us tell that story because they always love to tease their mommy about it. Uh, so that's that's pretty funny. But she did. She called me the next day, and that was the start of a year and a half of just a very dysfunctional dating relationship. Uh, to the point where I remember, towards the end of our relationship, we really weren't spending a lot of time together. Uh, we were really hanging out with friends, yeah. And uh, I think we both knew where it was where it was heading. But uh, one day she called me. And, you know, I'll never forget it because when I went to pick up the phone, as I walked into the room, uh, the, uh, someone else had already answered the phone and I could hear her weeping and she told me she was pregnant. So after some time, you know, thinking through this, you know, for me and for her, this was all BC, you know, before Christ. So it wasn't about, you know, I got to pray about this. It was more of, uh, what do we do? Yeah. And after... I don't know, a couple of days, I mm -hmm. think it was, I turned to her and I said, hey, 
let's get married. How hard can it be? Yeah, that was <laughs> crazy because I, I really didn't expect him to say that. I figured he would just say, you know, whatever, and I had to do what I had to do. But I remember him saying that, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, you know, I, I do, deep down inside, I do love him. And marriage does sound nice. But I, I said to him, you have to promise me one thing. And he was like, what? I said, you have to stop smoking pot because there's no way I want to raise our son with that. Hmm. And we, when we got married, two days before we got married, I actually had to stay at his parents' house due to some situation. And two days before our wedding, it was actually his birthday. And I remember right. him coming home late from work and I couldn't sleep. So I came downstairs just to say hello and spend a little time with him. And as I was coming down the stairs, I'm like, oh no, I can smell it. I can smell that he's been smoking cold busted. Hot. Yeah, cold <laughs> busted. And I looked at him, I'm like, you you told me you wouldn't do this. And I'm like, what am I gonna do now? And I was like, I I don't want to go through this, but his parents were paying for the wedding. And in, in my culture, just the way I, I grew up, you, it, that would be extremely disrespectful to just walk out of that. So I felt like I needed to just follow through with it. And, and we did. We actually got married. You were and, four months pregnant? Yeah, I was five. four months pregnant. Yeah, then our reception was at a VFW hall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Catered food. But the wedding itself. Not, it, it just was not good at all. It was a continual reminder of this is not good. This marriage is not going to be good. It's going to cause me a lot of heartache. And, you know, just thinking about I shouldn't be going through with this, but I felt like I had no other choice. And, and we were, I think we were married about three and a half to four years. And it was just one bad thing after another, so many bad decisions being made. A lot, yeah. Yeah, a lot of heartache. And um Yeah, it was a heartbreaking time for sure. And I back then I think about my partying ways, my anger, cops visiting our apartment. Uh it was bad. It was it was really bad. And uh, I remember we got separated with the intention of, you know what? We're, we're gonna work this out. We're gonna we're gonna work this out. And yeah, babe. Yeah, and it it really didn't work out. No, I mean, I just I, I couldn't I out. couldn't do this anymore. It just it was it, it just hurt so deeply. Just the things that were happening, and I I told him I, I can't do this anymore. I want a divorce. And during that time, I think we were like separated. Actually, going through a divorce, we were finalizing our divorce. Yeah, we both had attorneys going through year. the motions. Yeah, yeah, it was almost a year. And I remember something had happened that kind of uh, was like a life event type of thing for me. And I remember that shook me up a little. And I remember just at that moment, I realized I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm still in love with John. And I look at my son and I'm like, you know, he, the best thing for him would to be raised by his own dad and for us, if we can, to work it out and be together. And I said, but, you know, I don't know what to do. And I remember just being in my kitchen in my apartment and standing there. And 
I just looked to God. I didn't know what else to do. I looked up to God and I'm like, God, I thought I tried everything with this man to make my marriage work. But um, I feel like I only have two options. And it's either just to call him and say, are you willing to work this out? And I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make this work. And if he's willing, great, we'll, we'll work at this. But if not, Lord, I said, you're going to have to find me a church because I have to raise my son the right way because I was young and I knew I wouldn't make the right decisions when it came to guys. I, I just knew that deep within and I didn't want to put my son through anything. It wasn't, it wouldn't be fair to him. So I remember picking up the phone and I'm like, okay, Lord, here we go. I pick up the phone and he answered. And I remember he's like, he, he, I'm like, hello. And he was not <laughs> happy to hear from me. And I remember saying to him, I'm like, uh, I've been thinking, I said, I, you know, I wanted to know, would you be willing to try again? And he, well, like you said, I wasn't happy that you called <laughs> No, and I just cursed her out and I hung up on her. Yeah. I remember at that moment when he hung up, I'm like, oh gosh, here I go, Lord, life of celibacy. <laughs> but, um, well then two days later I called her back and to this day, it's the best decision that, that I ever made. But I told her, I said, listen, the only way we're going to do this is if we go to counseling. And we had tried counseling prior to separating. Couple, actually, a couple of different counselors, and it never went well. Maybe on a podcast, we could share some of those stories <laughs> sometime on another podcast. But I did say to her, there's one guy that we went to I'd like to go back to. And I'm going to say his name because out of just respect for him. And his name was John Sheedy. And he was the type of guy that he really didn't say much. No. But when he said something, it it meant something. Is that how you would say it too, babe? Yeah. Okay. And I'll never forget this one session where we're sitting on his leather couches. He's just, you know, staring at us. Uh, Dory is just weeping. And I don't mean crying. I mean weeping. And he turns to me and he says, John, you need to understand something. She equates your pot smoking with her father's drinking. And you got a decision to make. Either you're going to choose your pot or you're going to choose your wife and your son. And I knew at that point, well, first of all, it was like a, a shot, like right between, right between the eyes. And that was an easy decision. I knew what I had to do. Yeah, it was like when I looked back at that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, that was really a miracle because John has been smoking pot, I believe, since he was like 14. 14, yeah. And he smoked all the time. I, I cannot tell you. And, and even throughout our whole marriage, you, you know, the beginning. That beginning of our marriage. Yeah. And he never did it again. And the other great thing is I never worried about it or question it or was concerned about it. So that was a real miracle. So after that, Dory starts bringing up church. And I'm like, church? Well, what do we have to go to church for? And I grew up Catholic, altar boy, you know, the whole thing. And finally, after a while, because she said it a few times, because she had personally gotten invited by someone to go to church. And I finally said, yes, okay, let's go. So we go to this church and we walk in 
And I'll share what I felt first when I walked in. Sure. So I walked in and I'm like, what kind of church is this? Like, this, where am I going to kneel? They didn't have, you know, for those Catholics out there, they didn't have those, <laughs> those things that fall down when you kneel. So I'm like, how am I going to pray? You know, how am I going to do that? And then I remember as we're walking to, as we get to our, our, our seats, I see all these um, instruments. Like there was a band. I'm like, what's our band playing here this weekend? I mean, I didn't know anything about praise and worship, but yeah, it was, uh, I was definitely, as we became regular attenders, I was not feeling it, but you know, we kept going. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And, and my experience was a little bit different when I actually walked into the church. I cannot tell you, I feel like something came alive inside of me as if I came home and whatever they offered, I, I wanted, you know, just receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, confessing, you know, just, uh, seeking forgiveness and being baptized. And even during that time when I was baptized, I was actually pregnant mm -hmm. with our second child. And a week later that, that night, I remember waking up from a bad dream that I had a miscarriage and I woke up and I wasn't feeling well. And everything happened as what I dreamt. I ended up having a miscarriage. Hmm. And it was a very, very difficult time for John and I. We quite that didn't was so understand. Hard. Yeah. Hmm. Because we just got back together. We decided to have another child. Hmm. And but we actually just God used that time to for us to really draw closer to each other as we mourn through this. And as time went by, I remember as we kept just going to that church, our son, I saw my son when I went to pick him up from kids' church, that he was praying in the front with one of the leaders. I remember asking him, what are you praying for, honey? And, and he says, well, I'm praying that you get pregnant and I want a sister. I cannot tell you, <laughs> it was like prophetic. Once he spoke those words, I knew I wasn't going to get my period. I knew I was going to be pregnant and I knew we were having a girl. And that really, that whole situation, and it, and it did happen. I remember mm -hmm. just telling John that. And he's like, no way. He was just like- I'm going to buy hard. a pregnancy <laughs> test. Yeah. And I remember just, he he said, you have to do the pregnancy test. And and I'm like, look, I'm pregnant. He goes, he's like, you're pregnant. I'm like, I know. And then once we <laughs> found it was a girl, he's like, oh my gosh. And, I, and that really actually grew our faith. You know, our faith grew oh, yeah. through that experience for sure. Well, a little while after that, we started to attend a new church. And that's really where the healing and the restoration as a couple really started for mm, us. Yeah. And trust me, there was a lot to be healed and a lot to be restored from what we went through. And uh, But through that, we started developing a heart for couples because of what we went through. You know, we wanted to see couples be able to experience the same thing that yeah, we had experienced. healing and freedom through mm -hmm. in areas, yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Mm -hmm. And right around that time, we were asked to lead a small marriage group. And can I tell you what an honor that was to spend time with couples in that way? And it was just, uh, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And and right around that time too, I remember Dory was working in the, in the nursery at church and she had brought up about potentially adding to our family. At this point, we had two children. Yeah. 
And and we did we did decide not to have any more. The pregnancies are very difficult. Yeah, you for went me. through a lot. Yeah. So I said, please, I, I can't have another child. It was it was extremely difficult for me. So we decided not to have two kids. So once I started working in the nursery and feeling like, oh my gosh, I feel like I want to have another baby. And I told him, he's like, wait a second, we didn't we decide not to have any more kids. Don't you remember what you've been through? I'm like, I do. Right, right. And I, but I remember I wanted to have a lot of kids, but. <laughs> yeah. I remember when we were going through that, there was this guy, I think his name was like Brother Bill. I don't remember his name. Yeah, something like that. He was like a guest speaker and he was talking about, have you prayed for how many children? I can't do a Southern accent or else, you know, I probably sound sound pretty bad. Uh, but he said, have you prayed about it? And I remember we were like, yes, let's, let's, let's do this. Yeah. And that's when we, uh, we had our third child, which we always said, you know, completes us, you know, as a family, we have three terrific children. And, uh, and it, it was just a wonderful experience going through all that together. Yeah. And when we think about our kids, you know, for me personally, as a wife, it was very difficult to keep pushing, you know, forward, working things out in our marriage, but God actually used my kids as a motivating factor to help me persevere. Hmm. I kept looking at them and just, you know, I didn't want to pass down baggage to them. And if I didn't want to pass down any baggage to them, I had to work in myself first. And so, and that, you know, anything I do, even for us, anything we did, whatever we did, good or bad, it'll impact our future generations. So that was just something that God used to motivate us to keep pushing forward. And from all of that, that just was a huge time of healing for me, God bringing things up to the surface to deal with. There was moments that it was just between me and the Lord just walking through that, or mm -hmm. there was times that God led me to share it with John, because there's things that I've been through I didn't sh I've never shared with anybody. Be before marriage, before yeah, we got married, before yeah. we even dated. Mm -hmm. And it was extremely difficult to share with John, but- as the Lord just helped me to share it with him. I cannot tell you, I, I can't explain it. It's hard to explain healing that you receive because even just speaking it of the, of what I've walked through, I felt a relief, a, a change within and healing would come. And just even a, even a closeness between John and I, because he, I cannot, I can't remember the things he would say to me after I share things. But I knew, like, it was like the Lord speaking through him to me that it was just such a comfort to me. Hmm. So it was definitely a beautiful time it, with it, all of that. Right. Hearing Dory and what she would share with me at those moments, I knew that I had to be in a listen-only mode. And that wasn't an easy thing for me to do back then. I was the one that always doing the talking or I always had to have the right answers or or fix everything. But- the key part back then at those moments, I had to be listen-only mode. Yeah, I remember even when those times did happen that God, I felt the Lord put this on my heart, that John is going to be the biggest healing tool in your life. And I was like, what does that mean? I didn't quite understand that until these things happened. Hmm. And it was not just one time. I remember going to him a few times with certain things that I've been through in my life and him just you know, talking to me, just being there for me. And like he said, just being in that listening mode, hmm. it really just uh, brought a lot of healing. Well, I remember that study that we did where we learned that if we allow God to do it, you could become each other's biggest healer. Hmm. And we've experienced that. Yes. 
and just so grateful for that. And even talking through these types of things, certainly as a couple, brings you closer as you're talking about these deep things. And 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 let me let me share this too. I'm not just saying, oh, it brought us closer as a couple because it sounds good. It's not because we read it in a book or saw it in a video. We've genuinely we've experienced these things. Yes. Mm-hmm. So even today, we're we're married thirty four years, but we're we're still working through certain areas of our marriage. Yeah, we find that God is going deeper and deeper in certain areas of our marriage right now. He knows your hurts. He knows how it entered, hmm. and knows how to heal it and how to work it through as a couple. It's it's truly a process, and and it does take time. Well, I think about the. The level of oneness, yeah, that, that was created, yeah, and I'm I'm really I'm really grateful for that, babe. And like I've always said, either in small groups or with you know <laughs> friends, that I mean, you're my foxhole buddy. You know, I wish I can say it was always that way, including the early years, but for years now, if it's something that uh, something maybe happened in the family or at work or mm. some kind of life thing. I mean, after the Lord, I mean, you're my go-to. So, you know, and that whole foxhole mentality, I'm thinking about, you know, how we're, how I'm like going going to war, so to speak, you know? Yes, yeah. And I just, I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, we also see each other as our BFFs. I mean, we are, <laughs> I mean, we do everything together. Best friends forever. <laughs> yes, best friends forever. We we do Everything together. It's it's funny how that is. But also too, I remember telling him, you know, I had a dream. I had a dream that I was <laughs> talking to a friend about our relationship, you know, to her. And I said, Yeah, he's my MMF. And John was like, What is MMF? And I'm like, My man forever. <laughs> yeah. I, to this day, I, I love it. I don't know it. where I that came it. from, but you know, I'm just just looking back at everything we've been through. I'm just very grateful for what God has done and where we're at today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's so great after all these years, we've been able to come alongside other couples. We've been able to mentor couples, uh, lead small groups, and even speak in at other churches' marriage events. It's really just been an honor to pass along the things that we've learned to others. And and our hope is that you're going to learn from our mistakes through these different episodes of the podcast. Our hope is that you don't have to struggle as much as as we have over the years. And we're not sure if you've been, how long you're married. Maybe you're married a short period of time and maybe you've been married for a long period of time. Uh, we just want you to know that God wants nothing but the best for you both. And for Dory and I, that's what Unveiled Marriage is all about, revealing marriage God's way. Thanks for listening today. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We really appreciate it. And if you don't know Jesus, or maybe you're looking to make a change in your marriage, we'd love to hear from you. We can be contacted via our website, unveiledmm.com, or visit us on Instagram and Facebook at Unveiled Marriage. And remember, doing marriage God's way changes everything.